Hey everybody, welcome to the Mercy Talk podcast from Mercy Multiplied, where we are passionate about empowering you with biblical principles for growing in mental, emotional, and spiritual health and equipping you to share those principles with others. I'm Melanie Wise, and joining me on this episode is your friend and mine, Dr. Brooke Keels. And I am absolutely thrilled that we are launching into our new series on Mercy Talk about the vital role that relationships and community play in our mental, emotional, relational, and spiritual health. We have spent weeks and weeks researching and writing and recording to bring this series to you. And honestly, through that process, I I really think that my excitement has only grown more and more about getting this content out to you all. Um, Today, we're going to really set the stage for this series by talking about how we were all made for relationships and community. So, If you just heard the topic of this series and your immediate response was, nope, I'm out, I will join Mercy Talk next year when they're on a different series, or I know most people need relationships, but I'm not one of those people, please trust me and stick with us today, hear us out, because we are going to dive into what may sound like a very provocative question of, is God supposed to be enough? I really believe that today's episode is going to be very validating for some of you, but then maybe very challenging for others of you. So we're really glad that you've joined us today, and we hope that you enjoy the show. Brooke, it's great to be back with you. It has been a long time. I'm very excited to be recording again. Very very long time. I don't even remember. I know. I honestly time. don't remember the last time we recorded something. So um, we may be a little rusty, guys. Be patient with us. Um, but I am so excited to get into this series because honestly, I will say like, this is something I know that you and I are both very passionate about. We talk about it in our trainings. We've probably hit on it all yeah. the time on the podcast. But I will say that in prepping for this and in reading and in just doing my own personal reflection, it it has hit me hard, like so hard to the point where <laughs> the other day I literally told my husband, I wish I had not chosen this as our series because it's messed with me too mm. much. <laughs> yeah, we have ever since you started getting into this, we've talked about it a lot. A lot. <laughs> and I was like, this is either like, the greatest blessing life. that I've chosen this mm-hmm. or the greatest curse because yeah. it has pushed yeah. it has pushed me really hard and is continuing to push me really hard. So yeah. today I want to actually share, I'm going to start this show off by, um, by sharing a it's a blog post that was written by a guy named Sam Jolman. Um, and the reason I found out about this blog post was because a podcast that I listen to pretty often, which I'm sure I've referenced already many times on this podcast, um, is uh, one by Adam Young called The Place We Find Ourselves. And he mm-hmm. had a an episode, and I mean, I think it was like a few years back, that he had an episode and the title just caught my attention and I wanted to listen to it, especially in preparation for this series. <clears throat> and it was based on this blog post by this guy, Sam Jolman. And you can find this blog post at um, his website is samjolman.com. And it's called, You Need More Than God. That's the title of this post. And um, Sam, if you're out there, I did reach out to find out if it was okay that I read this. I didn't hear back. So I'm gonna go with yes. <laughs> But it's okay. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if you're blogging, yeah, like 
you know, we're just like reading it to our friends with people. I, take it as long as we give credit. That's, that's what I'm fine. going with. Don't put it on the internet if you don't want to. <laughs> that's talk right. About it, so. <laughs> we will find it. Um, so anyway, I'm going to actually read this. It's kind of lengthy. But I just felt like it was so good. And I was like, maybe I'll just take pieces of it out. But every time I thought about taking something out, I was like, nope, can't take that out. It's all too good. So I'm just going to read it. And then we're going to just talk a little bit about it. Okay, so this is. And I support you in this. I'm going to try to read it as engagingly as possible for all of you out there. Okay. This is called You Need More Than God by Sam Jolman. Picture it with me. A man walks along a mountain path amidst towering aspens and pines. The tree cover here dances shadows around his feet. His pace is easy because he's really not trying to get anywhere. He closes his eyes and takes in a deep tug of mountain air. This is what he's here for, this smell and these sights and sounds, and the company. Next to him is a kind of lumbering figure three times the man's size. Ominous maybe to us, but clearly not to his traveling companion. The two smile and laugh like old friends as they amble along. They are engrossed in conversation, stopping here or there to discuss the things they see. A herd of elk feeding high on a far meadow, this or that wildflower, the smell of pine pollen in the air. They are clearly close friends, intimates we could say. This is Adam and God in the Garden of Eden, as told in the storied origins of life in Genesis, of course infused with my Colorado imagination. God turns to Adam. You're lonely. Adam stops. There is silence between them for a minute. Adam looks at God, looks away. God continues, I get it. It's okay. Well, it's not okay. Is that what this is? Adam says, tapping his chest. Yes, God sighs, and it's not good. These words had never been spoken here. They would have been scandalous had they not come from the Almighty. How could something not be good here? Here is Eden. Here is untouched paradise. Here is where everything was good. That's what creation knew. Adam could still recall the grin on God's face the day they first met and the, oh, this is very good, that followed his smile. But now Adam's eyes swell with tears. He knows God is right, but he can't bear the ache it brings. And for the first time, grief is known in Eden. Okay. Wait a minute, you say, tears in Eden? I don't think they were tears of pain, so to speak, but tears of longing. And there's a difference. Like suddenly the desire was so strong and so yearning, it just spilled over. However Adam handled this moment, we know the perfect world was not perfect yet. And it's God's move. It's not good for you to be alone. Here, let me do something about that. Okay, stop right there. Adam had God in paradise, like none of us have ever had God, with no sin and nothing to stand in the way of intimacy and vulnerability. No fear, no shame, 
no heartbreak, no angry eyes, no silent treatment. He never once felt distant from God. And of course not. They shared everything. These walks and talks in the wild world never ended. And though I'm sure they shared long times of silence, as good friends can, there was never a goodbye between them. Talk about a quiet time on steroids. He had God completely. And still, Adam was lonely and alone by God's admission which means God wasn't enough. It's a common struggle, struggle I think most of us feel at some point in relationship with God, that God just isn't enough. Somehow we have this sense that God should be enough for us, that if we loved him enough or prayed enough or spent enough time with him, somehow he'll be enough for our heart's needs. This is God we're talking about after all. But I can't tell you how often I hear clients tell me they want God to hug them or hold them or talk to them. I have this same heartache. I've wept out of these same sentiments. In some of my greatest pain, what has popped out of my heart has been, I just want you to hold me. God has never held me or hugged me or touched me. And though I've heard him talk to me, it's never been audible. Jesus spent his days doing this for people. And one day, yes, we'll get to hug him again in body. But for now, he seems most incarnate in the love of others, the hugs or smiles or tears of others for us. But this ache for another person can feel scandalous or weak or worse. Even though I think these desires are hardwired, we seem terrified of how deeply we need each other, a friend, a lover, good parents. I sat with a man this week who told me how stupid he feels for missing his wife as deeply as he does when she's gone. It just sounds weird or even wrong, like shouldn't God be enough? If I miss her this much, maybe I've made an idol out of her. I wanted to laugh. Now it's just... No, it's just how God made your heart. I probably laughed because I am like the king of needing people, and it's always relieving to find out someone else who admits they need people too. Like Jesus, for example. Remember Jesus in Gethsemane? Taking along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he plunged into an agonizing sorrow. Then he said, this sorrow is crushing my life out. Stay here and keep vigil with me. Even when seeking comfort and communion with God the Father, Jesus still wanted his friends really bad. No matter how much God we get, he's just not enough. We need people. We need human community. And somehow this is how he wired us. It's the humility of God to allow us to need something or someone other than him. I read that somewhere and I believe it captures it best. God could have created us to need only him, but instead he created us to need so much else. We need food and air and water. We need sleep and shelter and meaningful work. And maybe most of all, we need each other. We need love and touch and laughter. We need to belong and be held. We need deep conversations and smiles from others when we walk in a room. Just to be clear, we need God too. We need God more than we need anything else, but we don't need only God. We need a whole lot of other things. 
Of course, it all comes from God. It all points to God, but it's not all God. And that's by design. Why in the world would God do this? I don't know. Maybe it makes for a better story. Maybe it's all one giant metaphor. I can definitely say this. You know that feeling you have when you find the thing your heart has been longing for? Cold water to slake your thirst on a hot day. The butterflies after falling in love with the woman of your dreams. How a great meal tastes after a hard day. A hug when you need it most. I think that feeling is gratitude. A deep bodily thank you. You're going to be looking for someone to thank. Maybe that's where God waits for you most. With a smile that says, you're welcome. End scene. <laughs> no, that's why. Wow. Well done. Oh, there you go. Giggled a lot. You giggled a lot. I was. <laughs> I would have. No, I'm just saying have. if I would have had to. Oh, if you had had to very, that. Mm-hmm, it'd been very dramatic reading, and then I would have laughed at myself. <laughs> so I was like, "She's doing so good. <laughs> I love it, man. Was, I hope I did you a good or proud, Sam Jolman. Yeah, I mean, we'll never know. We'll never know. email you back. Yeah. So Until he hears this. yeah. It's really, it's a little bit like, yeah, obviously. I don't know. But then at the same time, like, how do we never talk about this explicitly? I feel like we, and I know I've said this a hundred times before, but it's like, you know, words lose meaning. We're like, we have Mm -hmm. to be in community, right? We talk about those things. And I feel like the, the, at least the Western world is coming around to the idea of attachment and connection and how important that is. And Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden it's, you know, everybody's talking about how do we do that and because social media and then of course sitting in our houses for a year but that's such a if we lived by that like the understanding of Mm -hmm. god created a partner Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. for a reason um and it wasn't just to breed uh and you know populate the earth like maybe Mm -hmm. some Mm -hmm. of us thought or Mm -hmm. you know whatever so um that's pretty great it's funny because as as I was kind of starting to, I I thought like, hey, you know, this first episode, it'd be good to just kind of unpack this idea that like, hey, we were made for this. We were created for this. I did, before I even discovered this, uh, this blog post, I remember having the thought of like, okay, wait a minute. Like, the the way, you know, because people always say, like, God created, you know, said it wasn't good for Adam to be alone. And we, we talk about that a lot, right? But when you, like, right. really think about the implications of that, I did have that thought of, like, he had God more fully than any of us have ever had God. And God still said, you need somebody else besides me. Yeah. And I don't know about you, Brooke. I grew up with the message and the belief of God is all I need. God is all you need. And I will say, especially during the many, you know, I got married a little bit later in life and all throughout my 20s, you know, I was single. And I remember struggling so much with this idea that God is all you need. God is all you need. And so I felt shame around the fact that I wanted to be married. And this is this isn't all about marriage, y'all. But I'm just saying, like, it was this message that like, if God, if you had a closer relationship with God, you wouldn't need anyone else. As if like that was the ultimate, Mm -hmm. that was the ultimate experience of God is that you have so much of him that all of a sudden there's nothing else that you need. Mm -hmm. But as I studied and read more, it just was like this overwhelming theme of like God created a system where we need him and we also need one another. And 
It's just mm-hmm. like even listening or when I listened to this blog post, I just thought like, that is crazy to think that God was unsatisfied with the intimacy that he shared with Adam because it was the fullness of it. And God still was like, this is not, this is not enough. And I will say that it even transferred this whole idea of like, God should be enough even transferred into my early years of marriage because I thought like, Mm -hmm. I shouldn't need my husband. Like I should Uh go get all of my needs met my God and be fully, everything I need is met by the Lord. And then I, and then I'm like the best wife ever because I don't need anything from my husband. And then when my husband needed things from me, I was like, well, you need to go get that met by God. Like right. we should be, and then we don't need anything from each other as if that was like the ultimate of relationship was not having needs from one another. It's like ridiculous now that I think about it, but I carried yeah. that mindset into yeah. that. Um, and so he, so when I listened to the podcast between Adam Young and the guy who wrote this post, he actually talked about that. And he said, the argument goes like this, your wife is always going, and they were talking about how they need their wives and how they feel shame around that. So the argument goes like this. Your wife is always going to let you down, but God never will. And if you focus too much on what you want from your wife, you're just making an idol out of her. So you shouldn't look to your wife for fulfillment. You should look only to God. And then they said about that idea, but that is spiritualized self-protection. There's a partial Mm -hmm. truth. Yes, you can make an idol out of your wife, but can you hear the hook in that line of thinking? She'll let you down, therefore don't go to her. That's actually self-protection, which I thought was very, very interesting unpacking even that idea with spouses. So, well, and I think it's, and we, this is another, another series when you talk about codependence, that's a whole other yes. thing, but we're talking about healthy relationships, you know, and yeah, you do need other people. And I, I, I as much as, you know, all of us, I don't know if all of us do. Some people are really great about being relational. Some of us just want to get the work done. <laughs> um, and <laughs> that's fine. But I think it's it's also interesting that, like you said, the context of Adam and Eve was always presented to as marriage versus mm-hmm. that God wanted people in relationship mm-hmm. in general. You're right. And so then it was like, well, and if, you know, but then you know, what if I'm, what if I'm not supposed to get married? Like, what if I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I need mm-hmm. to lean on the Lord right, and, and it'll never yeah. be right. And it's so interesting to me because right now we now live in a society that people don't even know how to be friends. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, everybody's running around trying to get, you know, married or being, you know, intimate or sexual relationships. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you don't even know how to mm-hmm. be friends. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just teach our kids how to do that first. Mm-hmm. And then we can worry about, you know, the other things yeah. that come along with yeah. it. Um, and so, which would, you know, satisfy connection and, um, and intimacy and on a friend level. And, you know, also, I don't know, maybe allow us to be honest about things we're going mm-hmm. through because we have relationships with people that we trust, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of yeah, thing. I was say, if you find uh, yourself going, I don't know if I'm great at being a friend, just stick with us for the series. That's basically what we're mm-hmm. going through for the next That's right. eight podcasts That's right. or episodes. And so. don't worry. However bad you think you are, I'm probably worse, so <laughs> I'll be fine. Um, you know, oh, but, and I, all that say, like, to, you know, to take it back to the Bible, I think that, you know, we know that, that we're created in the image of God, right? And the nature of God is three in one, mm-hmm. though. <laughs> like, the mm-hmm. nature of God is God, Son, Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. And so I think when, 
um, the Bible talks about uh, the Son exists to glorify the Father, the Father exists to glorify the Son, and the Spirit exists to glorify them both. Mm-hmm. And so they they all three promote each other, serve each other, love each other. Mm-hmm. And if we're created in that image of a we and not an I, yeah. um, then that you know lets me know we're kind of literally hardwired to need yeah. to, to need others. Um, and whether we recognize it or not, like at our core, we're relational beings. And there's a reason, you know, God created us as mammals. The first thing we do is attach. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. what we do. That's how our brains and, you know, are wired to need, um, at the healthiest level is an immediate connection at our most vulnerable. It's connection, um, and attachment. And that is safe and good Mm -hmm. and how we develop, in our healthiest way, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, now I think you can look at it and get really freaked out by like the depths of attachment. Like they're talking about like, you know, we won't get into epigenetics today, <laughs> but it's just fascinating mm-hmm. how deep it goes, mm-hmm. how deep connection and attachment goes. Yeah. Um, and then I feel like we, as the church are just good waving at people yep. across the, you know, sanctuary Mm -hmm. or whatever or think that you know it's just the lord Mm -hmm. just me and the lord Mm -hmm. just on this journey together Mm -hmm. yeah and god's like yep and and there's a lot of other people there too Mm -hmm. so let's pull them in on it yeah yeah um because god's not accountability either like even if you look at that just living a healthy life like he's not your accountability Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he's not right and it also i think I don't mean this in a crappy way. I think you can get pretty selfish mm-hmm. to think that I just have to sit here and think about me and the Lord at all times. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like he's created us to be out, be in relationship, to grow within community. Yeah. Um, and I think you can get really in your head if you yeah. don't have that. It's going to it's gonna be so hard as we're going through these episodes to not want to jump all into like the whole vulnerability conversation. We're literally going to do an mm-hmm. entire show on vulnerability and need um but I, oh, there's good. I can't wait there's <laughs> <laughs> so great <laughs> oh man it's just but uh, like i said it's messing with me and as well yeah. i mean like this is this is all very personal for us guys like we are not speaking as expert relational like i mean in any way shape or form um and i i don't know it's just like when i really think about the core of the fact that God created us with this need to need him and to need other people, I think it's interesting because it, it makes me think, okay, it's not just nice or like a gift that I could have other people in my life. I'm actually called to do that. I am mm-hmm. called to go to other people, to enjoy other people, even like to need other people. Like that is that is something that I'm actually called to do. And if I don't go to other people, if I don't go to my husband, if I don't go to the other people, the friends in my life, it is literally dismissing how God made me. It is dismissing how God made me to need other people. And, and they introduced this in that podcast as well. It's like dismissing the glory of God in me and the glory of God in other people, because that's how he created us. Therefore, that's how we most glorify him. And so for me, to reject that or to say, I don't need other people. I'm not going to go to other people. It's rejecting how he made me. And therefore it's rejecting the glory of God in me and the glory of God in other people. And so it's just more than like, oh, 
that's nice that he made us that way. I guess that means I can go to other people and it's okay. No, it actually means like you're called to do that. That's part of glorifying God in relationships. Um, One of the books, I read quite a few books (laughs) prepping for this series. And one of the books that I read that I just loved, um, and it was one of the first ones, was John Townsend's um, book, People Fuel, which you have been talking about for a long time. I finally got around to it. It's so, so good. One of his um, quotes in there that kind of, I think, goes along with what we're saying today is he said, we need to need each other. The things that we provide each other relationally are a basic necessity. God didn't have to do it this way. He could have made it. And I've never actually thought about this. He could have made it so that we were self-sustaining little systems spinning around in our lives without having to reach out for sustenance, support, resources, or love. But he didn't. He intertwined needs into the way things go. And then later he said, I believe that the purpose behind this needs meeting system is simple. God designed needs in order to foster relationship. I loved that. I just thought it went so well with what we were talking about today. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. No, and you were talking about, you know, being in, I think since you and I have talked about this series too, like we're moving into that season in our own lives here, you know, having moved to Texas Mm -hmm. and it's like we spent five years going through all these, I told you this last time I was with you, right? Going through all these really hard things and building all these relationships and all these people that were just there for us and truly looking back cannot even imagine getting through some of those years without you know you and others and and you know and then it's like oh and then you moved us and mm-hmm. so now it's like now that life is settling mm-hmm. and we have to go do this again mm-hmm. i don't like most people i found a <laughs> bunch of people i liked in nashville you want me to go find other people that i like mm-hmm. you know in texas is a big state <laughs> but i'm just like, you know we got to do this again and um oh, but we do and and it's it's been on mm-hmm. you know scott's heart and in mine and it's like there's just you know yeah there's just a sacrifice in relationship sometime of of, and you know again we'll talk about vulnerability later Mm -hmm. but all that to say i think the series is very timely for Mm -hmm. both of us Mm -hmm. uh and we'll see how it goes you know (laughs) does brooke make friends at the end i don't know i don't know yeah all right so we have talked a lot about how scripture and God points to our design for relationships. But I want to take a minute before we wrap up this specific episode and just talk about science, because that is my favorite thing to talk about, which is not true at all, uh-huh. but it is yours. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just like throw out some things that as I was researching uh, for this series, I ran across that I was like, this is very interesting. And these seem like smart people who know what they're talking about. So I'm not going to say anything about it other than basically just read some of the things that they said. So I learned that the Surgeon General of the U.S. Um, under Presidents uh, Barack Obama and Joe Biden said, during my years caring for patients, the most common pathology I saw was not heart disease or diabetes. It was loneliness. Um, it's very fascinating to me. Um, in People Fuel, the book People Fuel, John Townsend said longitudinal studies. I, listen, y'all, I don't know what that means. I don't know what long, longitudinal even means. But it, it sounds means like over a, a long period of time. It's over a most, long period of time. It is 
the yeah studies. the most um, evidence based study you could do. Thank you. It felt like an important <laughs> word. I didn't want to leave it out, uh-huh. but I was just going to be. No, honest. it's really I don't good. Know what that means? Okay, thank you for the explanation. Mm-hmm. Longitudinal over a long period of mm-hmm. time studies have proven over and over that without significant supportive relationship, we have more psychological dysfunctions, we have more health problems, and we die sooner. That feels mm-hmm. important. Uh, also, John yeah. Townsend said, and people feel that study after study, I wish he had said that on the last one. That would have been easier. Study after study has shown that especially in times of stress, we lose focus, perseverance, and energy when we feel disconnected from other people. He said that isolation is one of the most debilitating experiences that we can have. Um, and then another thing I read was uh, from Jenny Allen's book. And she said, scientists, I don't know. I don't know what scientists y'all, but there were scientists yeah. at some point that now warn that loneliness is worse for our health than obesity, smoking, mm-hmm. lack of access to healthcare and physical inactivity. So there's a lot mm-hmm. out there that yes, scripture, the word of God, it all points towards this, but there's also just some things that are getting proven over through longitudinal studies nice. that are showing yes. us, I'm going to use that all the time now, um, Do it. that are now showing us that this is not good for our health. Like our physical health is being affected by this. And I know that you can speak a lot to just like our brains and development and how important relationships are to that. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. If you are born Okay, you were born, and it's very, very I scientific. Think most of right us now. would fall under that. Yeah, uh-huh. we were, we were born. Yeah. Um, but you know, and you did not have someone to connect and attach to. Your brain will not develop appropriately. Mm. In fact, when you start looking at, you know, we talk about these like sociopathic or psychopathic, or getting into like, I mean, you know, everybody loves true crime. And I'm like, guess what? Almost all of that came out of someone not being connected Mm. and attached. That's it, right? Uh, The majority of even like, you know, I won't attack all of psychology right now, but, you know, even the majority of our personality disorders and all these things that people are getting diagnosed, they're pointing back to the fact that there was lack of attachment, Mm. structure, support, safety, like all of those things that, again, where we connect. And, you know, without teaching a class on neurology, you know, if you think about your brains, y'all, it gets pretty existential. All right. If you think about the fact that like literally the memories you have are just sparks of electricity running through your neurons, <laughs> like it's they crazy. aren't real. Yeah. They're not actually stored. This isn't, yeah. you know, that, that Pixar movie that we all like have emo- <laughs> feelings about, you know, there's yeah. not balls yeah. of, you know, that's not how it works. And so, you know, to, like, like even diving into like the limbic system and all of that, which is connected through your entire body, by the way, is basically what everybody believes is about attachment and connection. Um, the way that stress affects the brain and different parts of the hippocampus and the hypothalamus and all of that, by the way, only is its healthiest when we are attached and connected Man. and stable, yeah. right? And so for us to just continue to argue this is well for i mean scientifically just dumb so i think that you know the sooner that we can embrace like yes we need relationship and i think my challenge here too and there's a couple quotes i will read but i want to you know i I live a little bit in two worlds right so i run this addiction treatment center and obviously get to work with mercy and and do ministry in other ways 
But if you look at like the 12 steps, right, which traditionally people have some feeling about one way or another, but this whole thing is, is the greatest evidence of people walking out of addiction has been through a 12 step process, right? Mm-hmm. Through AA or some version of that. The whole thing, if you read them, is about community and accountability and trusting someone with your deepest, darkest things. Like if you really deep dive that, like, and obviously somebody can take that and take it wherever they want. I'm not, this isn't against God, but it actually falls in alignment in so many ways, right? With Mm -hmm. what the Lord has called us to do. But the reason that people are able to walk out of addiction, you know, study show is by the community. Mm-hmm. It's by being with others, right? You show up to a meeting and people know whether or not you're there. They know you, right? Yeah. Even though it's called Alcoholics Anonymous, that's a whole other joke we can tell another day. Anyway, but you know what I mean? You have a sponsor, you have a person you can yep. call every night, right? You have inventories you need to take on your resentments, like all of this that dives into, you know, connection with others. And that's what pulls people out of these deep, dark pits. And obviously, complete and true healing and freedom comes from Jesus, like no doubt. You know, but it starts with community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, and so just I, I, a couple of these quotes I thought were really good. And, you know, if you don't know, I love Dan Siegel, everything he's ever mm-hmm. written, greatest parenting books of all time. Um, and he defines the mind. Uh, he's a medical doctor, just so y'all know, but he defines the mind as a relational embodied organism. Right. So it's it's pretty pointless to talk about an individual brain, which, again, is in the Bible, right? Body, soul, spirit, all three of these things are, you know, have to be cared for um, and understood and prioritized. Um, And your favorite, Adam Young, Mm -hmm. also talks about that in the past 20 years, um, you know, uh, from a neuroscience perspective, that it's been demonstrated over and over that we regulate one another through the giving and receiving of love. We are the most healthy when we are giving and receiving care. And when that is split, We split it by cursing our need for others and not even risking or asking for care. Mm -hmm. And when that splits, bad things happen. And Mm -hmm. and we know that. And then just to round us out with also my favorite, John Townsend, Mm -hmm. um, we know from neuroscience and from attachment research that a great deal of growth and health comes from simply communicating to each other that we are present with them. Just letting them know using very few words that they are not alone causes endorphins to be released and the person can forge ahead in their challenges buoyed by connection. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Notice what he didn't say is that you dropped some truth bomb that changed their life forever. It's just like, I am here and you are not alone. And there are just, it's study after study, so many longitudinal ones, Melanie. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So these are just facts. And so if we embrace them, Hopefully that would also help us have the courage to connect with others and be good to ourselves and others by, you know, honoring how God made us um, through relationship and community. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, guys, I don't know about y'all, but it feels pretty clear to me, like pretty overwhelmingly clear through everything that we have discussed today, through scripture, through science, through the way our bodies and our brains were made, we are. We are created for this, y'all. We are we are hardwired at our very core for relationship, for connection, for community. And I know that there have to be some of you listening today that think you're the exception to the rule here. And I don't say that in a demeaning way. I just think that we can ignore and push our need for connection and relationship 
we can push that desire so far down for so long that we just grow numb to it. And, you know, whenever I hear people say that they don't really need deep community, they don't need deep relationships, they don't need that. I just, I often find myself thinking, man, sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. And like, it makes me wonder, have you ever actually experienced it? Because when you've experienced it, trust me, guys, you will be ruined because you will realize how deep and rich and wonderful it makes your life and you will never not want it. And I mean, I'm just going to, in, in, in his book, John Townsend did talk about how he, he thinks that most of us, most people are in relational deficit right now, whether or not they even recognize it and, and whether or not we're even aware of the impact that it's having on our life. Um, and, you know, we'll dive into this in the coming weeks, but I do think it's just, it's uncomfortable for a lot of us to accept just how much we want people in our life or how much we need people. We don't, we don't, we don't want to admit that it feels very vulnerable to admit that. And, and so in some ways, just kind of based on where we even started today's episode, there's like, there's a little bit of a submitting to God's design here. Like God designed yeah. me this way. I am not the exception to the rule. And I need to just maybe be willing to submit to the way God made me. And, and, and just knowing that that may even be part of the requirement in this process. And so, um, I, I love in Jenny Allen's book when she said she's, she talks about how like this is from the moment we were born until the minute we take our last breath, the thing that our soul craves the most is deep, authentic connection. Not just like once in a while, but like something that is literally woven into our everyday life. Um, and so I think, Again, if you feel like, well, that's not me, that's, you know, that's, that's for other people. Um, there's probably a lot of things standing in your way right now. And so we'll be diving into all that good stuff in the coming weeks. But I think this kind of was what we needed to do to set the foundation for this entire series is talk about just how there's not a single person who wasn't made for this and created for this. Mm -hmm. and, and if they, whether or not they're aware of it, their soul is like craving it. And so we hope, guys, that you have enjoyed this conversation today. It may have been really challenging for some of you, or it may have been very validating for some of you to know, like, that's why I feel like such a deep desire for this. And so um, we hope we hope that this has uh, been either encouraging or challenging for you today and, and really that you'll stick with us through this series. I am so excited about where all we're headed over these coming episodes and what we're going to unpack. Um, but as always, if the content in our podcast has been helpful for you, we'd be so grateful if you would help us out by rating the show or writing a review, maybe and do both uh, wherever it is that you listen. And if you have any thoughts or questions about what we've discussed, please let us know by emailing us at mercytalk at mercymultiplied.com. You can learn more about Mercy at our website, mercymultiplied.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If anybody in the world still uses Twitter at Mercy Multiplied. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Bye.